Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and fun in 30 minutes or less. Show notes can be found at windswepknits.com. You can find me on Instagram and Ravelry as windswepmonique, and on Facebook and Twitter as windswepknits. This is episode 114, recorded March 31st, 2023. And suddenly, wow, uh, yeah, tomorrow it's going to be April. So where has this year gone? I, um, I really can't believe that that's just insane. Um, totally crazy. And since we're now at the end of March, that means this past weekend was the Knit-a-thon. I mentioned that in my last episode, and this is absolutely amazing. So 640-ish people signed up to raise funds, mostly knitters, but crocheters, other crafters and stuff too. We raised $340,000. That is amazing. And that, uh, as you may remember, that is divided equally between four charities. That means... $85,000 checks are being sent each to Meals on Wheels, No Kid Hungry, World Central Kitchen, and Feeding America. And I cannot be prouder of the knitting, crochet, crafting community. We are amazing. We did some amazing, amazing stuff. And I, I am so happy because, let's face it, I mean, food is a fundamental human right. No one should go hungry. And I'm, I'm so happy to, to see what we could do to try to put a dent in that situation. Back to the knitting, because this is a knitting podcast after all. I actually have a finished object, which is very exciting. I have a a small one, and I finished it during the knit-a-thon. That is a sock for Thing 2. These were his Christmas socks. So I actually knit these last summer when he was in a little bit... So to back up a step, my kids both seem to go through phases when they're growing. They go through a slightly chubby phase, they get a little bit wider, and then they get taller and get thin, and then they kind of lean out a bit. So when I, I, and also my son is a first grader, so he's kind of going from that, you know, chubby little kid phase to more of a, you know, longer, leaner, different body shape of an of a adolescent phase, if, if you take my meaning. So I knit these for him last summer, and he has thinned out a bit since then. He, he's taller and weighs more, but he's thinner. <laughs> uh, so the problem here is that the foot fits just fine, but the legs are far too loose. They actually sag down um, and, and end up down around his ankles, which is not how you want your socks to wear. The foot fits great, thankfully. So what I did was a couple weeks back, I unraveled the leg on both the socks and I started redoing the legs in a two-by-two ribbing. I finished the first sock during the knit-a-thon and he tried it on and it fits great. So that's how I will be making his socks from now on, which means his socks aren't going to be nearly as relaxing because he seems to have normal sized feet, but really skinny ankles, which, you know, I can't blame him for because in all honesty, that's my feet. I have normal length feet and really skinny ankles too. So that's my own fault. (laughs) But, but you know, we'll work with what we can get. Okay. On to whips. That is works in progress. I am also re-knitting the socks for Thing 1 for Christmas because I knit them for him last summer, fall, anyway, last year for Christmas, and they don't fit already. He can't even get them on over his foot. (laughs) He's grown so much. He does like the yarn, though, um, and he wants socks in that yarn. So I unraveled the socks completely, and I've recast them on, and basically I'm just making a sock that fits me because at this point he's wearing... Some of my old shoes, like I have an old pair of hiking boots that's now a tiny bit too small since having two kids and running a marathon. Uh, So they're a little bit small, um, but they're L.L. Bean, so L.L. Bean stuff lasts forever. So I've given them to my son. And they're they're still probably about a a size too big, but they're good enough when when you go hiking and you lace them up your leg. They're okay. 
Uh, so he's wearing those. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's um, he's going to be taller than me probably within the year. <laughs> so I'm just, uh, he, also, he and I also share socks. Uh, I bought packages of socks. And like, like he'll get the like the stereotypical boy colors, and I'll keep the stereotypical girl colors because I don't really care what color my socks are. He does. He's at the age. He's eleven, but you know what I mean. So he'll get the blue and green ones, and I'll take the pink and purple. And you know, we'll fight over who gets the yellow pair, that sort of thing. So he's getting uh, grown-up size socks, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's terrifying. Also ongoing is the second sock for thing two. I've restarted the leg. I've only done a couple rounds, but that is also in progress. Next up, the Songe d'été, uh, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Summer Dreams pattern designed by Dreaming in Chocolate Designs. And I'm knitting this using Linnea Pura Unico yarn by Lana Grossa, which is unfortunately discontinued. It's a lovely linen bamboo blend that I bought at Webs a few years ago. They do still have several yarns under their Linnea Pura line, but you cannot get this, this like, like hand-dyed colorway anymore, unfortunately, which is a shame because it's gorgeous. So you, many of you may remember that this is the pattern that I took down to Florida and turned out to be, you know, roughly the size of a muumuu instead of the size of a very comfortable fitted summer top. And I had to um, tear the entire thing back. So I have finished the backs and the fronts. So you knit one panel in the back and you knit two panels in the front and then they cross over. So there's a section where you like you knit one stitch from one, one stitch from the other and you knit two together that sort of thing. And then you can, <clears throat> excuse me, continue down the front till it's the same length and then join in the underarms. And I've done that and I've knitted past the bust. And so far it's fitting great. In the pattern, so it's an A-line top. And in the pattern, the A-line starts immediately below the bust. I'm going to knit straight for another inch or two before I start the increases. And probably, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it as wide as it originally calls for because I am you know, my gauge is kind of a little bit wonky and I'm, I'm between sizes. Uh, but so what I've done is I've gone down further in the pattern. I know what the stitch, the stitch count is for the various sizes for later before I get to the bottom lace pattern. So I'm going to work the increases, work the increases as written, but starting them lower down and then see where I'm getting for a stitch count and then target one of those, um, uh, final stitch counts because I know that if I end up with one of those numbers, then the lace pattern will work with the, that that stitch count. So I'm not necessarily going to aim for the stitch count in the size I'm knitting, but I am very happy. Um, this pattern is fun. It's very interesting to knit. It's definitely a translated pattern. So I would say don't do this pattern if it's going to be one of your first few garments. Save it till you're comfortable knitting a garment. It's, it's if you know what you're doing, it's easy to understand what she's trying to say. But the word choices, is a, it's a little awkward for somebody who's a native English speaker, particularly an American English speaker. But like I said, if you know what you're doing, you can, you know, you read ahead a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's what she meant. You can, you can figure it out. But yeah, save it. I definitely recommend the pattern because it's gorgeous. And it is, it, it is, it is clear if you've already knit a couple garments. So save it and you knit, knit two or three garments, four garments first, and then pull this pattern up and you'll be totally fine. But I do, I do recommend it. Davit. This is the pattern designed for Barocco by Amy Palmer. I'm using uh, Silk Noir by Great Adirondack Yarn Co., which I bought at Rhinebeck last year. And this is a, a, a odd-shaped pattern. You start at the straps, and then you knit down, and you knit to the bust, and you kind of knit a little bit under the arms, and you, you lengthen it. And then you every right side row, you just start adding a whole ton of stitches. So you, it almost makes like wings off to the side. And then when you reach the, the specific length, you actually wrap the ring wings around behind so that like the right wing 
wraps around behind and attaches to the left shoulder, the left wing around the back to the right shoulder, and they crisscross behind you. So it's a very unusual technique, but I'm really enjoying it. It's actually, um, you know, like my my knitting when I'm like watching TV and I don't have to pay attention because I hit a stitch marker, do the increase, and keep going, and then you know, then on the on the back, the wrong side, it just purl the whole way across. So it's really easy. The um the rows are getting really long now, and I still have a good five inches to go. I think I reached about nine inches long. I've got about five inches left to go. So every row takes a very long time to do, but it's great. You know, I'm sitting waiting for kids in the pickup line at school or swimming lessons, karate, you know, all the all the things you, moms and dads do to, to, you know, haul your kids various places. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this. I think this is going to be a great pattern for summer, and I can't wait. My third summer top is crochet. It's the Summer Happiness Crochet Top designed by Concept Creative. I'm knitting this up in Sheepja's Whirl in the color Sherbet Rainbow, which is a pastel rainbow from pink to blue. This was my Christmas Day cast on. I am making slow progress because I've had a whole bunch of other stuff I need to work on. It's probably going to continue being slow progress because I do have a couple deadline knits coming up. But I have reached the fade into the yellow, which is really exciting. Now that I'm seeing more color changes, I'm actually wanting to knit more or crochet more on this. Just have to get other stuff done first. Uh, I'm not quite to the solid yellow, but I'm really, really close. So the the sheepches whirl that I'm using, it's one of those color changing yarns with four plies. And so the ply change it. So one ply at a time changes to the next color. So you end up with a fade. Uh, a fade effect, I should say, even though the yarn is not dyed as a fade. It's really fun, and I'm, I'm enjoying this. I actually really, I've really like working with this yarn. I've used it once. Oh, Lord, I forget now what I used it for. I used, uh, anyway, not important, but I'm really enjoying working with this. It's, it's lovely, and I'm thinking of picking up some more of it. I have one other skein, which is a rainbow, like a more moderate rainbow, not not a dark red. So it's not like dark red. It's still more of like a pink to purple kind of color way. But they have really interesting other color schemes. And I was thinking about picking up a ball or two of these to maybe make a, you know, a lightweight sweater for you know, like my kids or stuff, or, or maybe make one for me and do like a fun gradient thing. I don't know. I got to play with the idea still, but I'm enjoying this yarn a lot. Find Your Fade. This is designed by Andrea Mowry. Most of you have probably heard of this. I would imagine several of you have knit this. I know, I'm very late to the party. I am knitting this up in only three yarns. I know, I think the pattern itself calls for, what, seven or eight, but I'm using the yarns that I had on hand. I started with a Midori Bamboo from the Fiber Lady in a discontinued colorway, which is a kind of like a magenta, dark purple, almost black, but not quite. It's really pretty. I'm also using a Cotton Bamboo Sport Weight from Great Adirondack Yarn Co., which is just a riot of color. I saw it for a couple years at Rhinebeck and kept eyeing it, and it just it just called to me. I had no idea what I wanted to make with it, but it was just, it was fun and happy, and the color just brought me joy. So finally last year, I bought two skeins of it, figuring I'll make something. And it turns out the um, the pink and purple match the tone, <clears throat> excuse me, of the pink, magenta, and purple of the Midori Bamboo. And it's, it's a great, it looks amazing faded together. I'm so thrilled. So I've done that fade. And now I'm I, onto the body of the shawl. I just reached the point where I'm at the full width of the shawl finally. So now it's just plugging on while this yarn lasts. I have two skeins of it. I'm not even halfway into one ball of it yet. And at the end, I am going to fade into some hand spun that pulls out the same shades of blue and pink as the crazy riot of color in the great Adirondack Yarn Company yarn. So I'm very excited. My last whip is the Frog Princess Dress Blanket, designed by Carol Fladdock. 
This is a Princess Tiana-inspired blanket from the um, Princess and the Frog movie. It's one of those wearable crochet blankets, and I'm using Joanne's Big Big Twist acrylic yarn. I am making this for a local charity to raffle off this fall, and I am nearly done. So this is a really fun one. Instead of being one piece, first you crochet a green kind of dress shape overskirt. You do the like the bodice, and then you do and you, you make little um, little straps that you can that you, you uh, loop around for the kids to stick their arms through. It's really stinking cute. And then you from the bodice, you you crochet like four, almost like a flower petal kind of thing, or maybe like a leaf's that makes the overskirt of the dress. And then you crochet five yellow petals. And then you do four light yellow triangles and you assemble the, the yellow petals and triangles to make an underskirt. And then you attach the overskirt to the underskirt. And it looks a lot like Princess Tiana's dress in Princess and the Frog. Um, and I'm, I'm loving this. It's so much fun. I have, I have finished all the pieces. I have woven in most of the ends so far. Uh, I'm I'm trying to weave in all the ends before I do the assembly. I've woven in all the ends on the petals and the light yellow triangles. And now I've got a few last ends to weave in on the um, green overskirt that I never wove in at the beginning. So I'm going to get all that done. And I'm hoping to assemble it this weekend. Keep your fingers crossed. Oh, I forgot. There is one more. A couple days ago, I started one more Liberty Crochet Mural piece. So uh, I saw there was a call for Vermont and they needed a few more crocheters. So I used to live in Vermont. I lived there for many years, I think seven years, seven, eight years, something like that. I was there for quite a while for college and then for a while after that. And so I I was like, I need to do this. And I signed up. They still needed people. So I've got a square. I'm very excited. It's more more red and pink. I still had the pink. Had to go buy some red. But it's going along. I think I'm about three or four rows in, getting gauge. Everything is looking good. And um, in, in irony of ironies, uh, where I used to have an apartment in Burlington, Vermont, um, is around the corner from the woman <laughs> who I have to mail my panel to. So I had a nice kind of email back and forth with you. I think I know where you live. I think I literally used to live around the corner from you. <laughs> and we had a good chuckle at that. So So that was a lot of fun. On the run. So I wanted to tell you about something fun, a class that I take that you may not have heard of. I know a lot of folks who have like knee issues or ankle or back issues don't like to do Zumba classes because it's uncomfortable with all that that bouncing and stuff. My gym offers an aqua Zumba class. You have all the fun. You're dancing around. You're having a great time. You're off, you know, great music. You're having a blast and smiling and laughing, but you're doing it in the pool. So your knees don't hurt. Your back, you know, your your the water is um, displacing a lot of your mass. So you can you can do all the jumps and stuff like that and not take have all that pressure on your joints and and whatnot. And I love it. Of course, they also do traditional you know water aerobics and stuff like that with the water dumbbells and all that that kind of fun stuff. But um, I've heard from some people who's like, oh, I wish I could still do this, but I've got my ankle issue or my foot or my knee. So I just wanted to urge you to think outside the box a little and check in some of your local gyms, you know, or you might even have local fitness classes at your town pool. See if they have it or approach a Zumba instructor and ask, hey, would you be willing to teach one of these classes poolside so those of us with injuries can dance? That's that's how it started at my gym, actually, is we had um, water fitness, one of the Zumba instructors taught one of the water fitness classes and she made it a little more she still used the the dumbbells and stuff like that but she made it a little more dance just to have fun and to rock out to the music as opposed to just doing reps in the pool and so finally a bunch of us said hey you know 
could you just do a, you know, a, a aqua Zumba dance class? And we talked to the management and they're like, yeah, let's give it a try. And it's a smash hit. Everybody loves it. It's so much fun. And so I recommend, you know, see, see if you can get that going locally. It's wonderful. And in the summertime and the outdoor pool, it's so much fun. <laughs> Out and about upcoming fiber events in and around New England and the virtual world. We've got stitches at home this weekend, April 1st and 2nd. Connecticut Sheep and Wolves coming up April 29th, New Hampshire Sheep and Wolves May 13th and 14th, Massachusetts Sheep and Woolcraft Fair May 27th, 28th, that's Memorial Day weekend, and Maine Fiber Frolic is coming out June 3rd and 4th. At the moment, I'm not planning on going to any of those. There's a small chance I might be able to make it to Connecticut Sheep and Wool, uh, but I know I cannot make it to New Hampshire or Massachusetts Sheep and Wool. Maine Fiber Frolic is still up in the air. So you probably will not see me, but I hope a lot of you go attend because attendance is really important for those vendors. So let's go support our local businesses. I've got sunshine, so something happy this week, or the past week or two, I should say. I have been seed starting with my youngest son. He's my gardener. And about 10 days ago, we transplanted 20 lettuce seedlings into slightly larger pots. And then we started 184 herbs, veggies, and greens. Um, about half the seeds have already sprouted, and he's so cute. When he gets home from school, he runs down the basement to the grow lights to check on his little baby plants every day. That's what he calls them, his baby plants. I gotta see my baby plants. Let's see how big they are. So that is really exciting. Um, we are planning on putting the seedlings in the ground, the lettuce seedlings, this weekend, but the weather has turned. It's going to be raining one day and 45 and super windy the other. So we might hold off and maybe do that, you know, after school next week. It's going to be, I think, 70 on Tuesday or Thursday, something insane for you know, the first week of April. So we may go out and garden that day. It's time to get the uh, sugar snap peas and carrots in the ground, too. We, we direct sow those. So um, for those of you who aren't gardeners... Some plants do better when you start them from seedlings indoors first, and other plants do better when you plant them directly into the ground. They do not like being transplanted. That's called direct sowing, putting seeds directly into the ground. So it varies by your yard, what plants you're doing, even some species of plants that prefer to be started indoors while others are quite happy to be in the ground. And, and it, it honestly, it depends on the, 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 like the type of soil you have, the lighting, you know, whether it's good for starting seedlings. We have clay soil that's acidic, and we're part shade. So, um, yeah, not great for baby plants. So we start a lot of our seedlings indoors and, you know, try to get them robust with light and, and heat and strength and stuff like that before we subject them to our really crappy conditions in our backyard. <laughs> but hey, you take what you can get, right? Well, that brings it up to the end of the show. We're already running over 20 minutes long, which is long for this. I know I had a ton of whips this week. So, I hope you all have a wonderful two weeks ahead. I'll be recording in mid-April. I can't guarantee the exact date. We are heading out to visit friends in the middle of the month, but I expect to record and release around April 15th. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You'll, you'll get one in the middle of April. And I hope you all have a wonderful couple weeks. Keep those legs and those needles moving. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.